Hello and welcome to Out in South London with me, Rosie Wilby, on Resonance 104.4 FM. We opened there with Heather Peace's new single, Fight For, that is out this week. That's the Jack Guy remix. She plays live on the 21st of this month at Islington Assembly Hall. So do get down there if you're a Heather Peace fan. Well, I shall be having quite a cultural roundup in the second half of the show with the lovely Wendy Baverstock, and we will be talking about Sue Perkins' sitcom Heading out amongst other things also the London Lesbian and Gay Film Festival is coming up so we'll be looking ahead to that as well but first of all Leslie Jordan's show Fruit Fly opens tonight at Leicester Square Theatre and I met up with him and spoke to him the other day. I'm delighted that Leslie Jordan is back on Out in South London, back in the Resonance Studios, because um, we saw you a couple of years ago when your trip down the pink carpet show was in the West End, and I saw that and it was absolutely fabulous. And now you're back with a brand new show, Fruit Fly. Tell us about that, Leslie, and what, what it's all about. Fruit Fly answers the age-old question that has plagued generations for years. It's a question <laughs> that scholars have pondered upon and wise men have... You, you you have a lot in common with scholars. I, yes. I, I think of you as a scholarly yeah. type, Leslie. It answers the age-old question, do gay men become their mothers? <laughs> and, and is this because you think you're becoming your mother? It was a realization that I made. <laughs> My mother, believe it or not, uh, created, when I was a little kid, this amazing secret garden where it was okay for me to play with dolls and yeah. wear her high heel shoes and she taught me to sew and yet when I was about 12 and I told her that I thought that I was gay you, you would have thought I'd stabbed her in the heart. I mean, right. you know, it's like Was it, was it a surprise? <laughs> You're surprised? And I think it had more to do with her religious beliefs having, yes. having come from a pretty devout Baptist upbringing but it all came together I took my mother I my mother had me at 19 very young so I am 57 mm. plus tax and deposit uh, no I'm really <laughs> am I'm 57 <laughs> with a little shipping and handling no I'm 57 okay. so my mother had me at 19 so my mother is 76 she's very yeah. young yes. but I took her on a gay cruise <laughs> Was this the one in in Alaska yes. I read about? Right, yes. okay. I took her to Alaska <laughs> on a gay cruise. We've since gone. Uh, this summer I took her to Barcelona. We went to Barcelona yeah. on a cruise that took us to Ibiza and Casablanca. We're now gay cruise veterans. But this first gay cruise that I took her on, the entire ship adopted her. My mother oh, really? became the undisputed queen. Everyone's mum. Everyone there. And it was interesting. Something happened. I won't go into it because we don't have time, and it's the main thrust of the of this oh, show. Yes. Well, you don't want to give it away because people. She had a realization. She turned to me, <laughs> and said something that I almost fell into the ocean. I mean, it was just so <laughs> profound what she came up with after her week with uh, two thousand gay men on a cruise to Alaska. Right. Gosh, oh, oh, well, we'll have to come and find out. It's at the Leicester Square Theatre. It is the it? Leicester Square Theatre, and for the first time, I've also sort of made it multimedia. My mother, Ooh. I was photographed relentlessly as a child. Um, yeah. My my mother was the baby of nine. Yeah. My dad was the baby in his family of three. So when the two babies 
had a baby. Had a baby. That was me. Yeah. I was photographed. And these. What about, do you have brothers and sisters? I have I, I twenty two months. I was going to say you had. Tw- I thought you were going to say twenty-two twin, twins, <laughs> twin sisters, twenty-two right, so months younger than me. I have so you've got two identical sisters who are twin identical sisters. twins. Wow! And so um, they're they're a big part of the of the story. But we had um, my mother found an amazing box of slides from the nineteen fifties, and I think back then the color was different. Maybe a three color pro. I don't know. The- yes, it was certainly different. A lot of things look more sepia toned, don't they? From they do. The and old- when we ran them off, or or when I, you know, you had the round little cassette thing where the slide would fall, and you would push a little thing. Uh, yeah, I know. From the fifties, and we yeah. had all these slides, but when we ran them off into pictures, the colors were so vivid. Ah. And here I am in a little white raincoat with matching boots and a white <laughs> – it was always on Christmas morning. So uh, I sort of tailored it. Uh, I was in San Francisco for all of Christmas, and we ran Fruit Fly there, and it did really well. You know, it's interesting. My mother always my entire life wanted to know everything. You know, just sharp as a tack. Tell yeah. me what party you went to. Oh, what movie star was there? What did they have on? <laughs> and as she's gotten older, it's not that she's gotten dotty or out of it. Her life has just, it's just, I called recently and I said, Mom, I got to go to the opening of The Help, yeah. which was oh, a, yes, a, a yeah. movie. I had a nice little one, part um, in that. It won an Oscar, didn't it? Yeah. It won. Oh, it was certainly nominated. It was certainly nominated. And then Octavia Spencer won for Best Actress. Mm-hmm. So it did win, and I think maybe a couple more. Mm. But I called Mom, and I said, oh, and it was, Mother, when I took you to the Emmys, we got to meet all those movie stars, but this was you wouldn't believe. And I went on forever and ever, and all of a sudden Mother said, oh, well, that's just wonderful. Do you know that Ann Bodkin across the street is going to have to go into assisted living? And <laughs> Leslie, she's younger than you. She just took off on this <laughs> tangent, like, where, where is this? But I thought, you know... Parents That's, do that, though, don't they? They it's, just it's, begin. To, their lives <laughs> yeah. become it's sort of smaller, smaller, yeah, and it, they're not as interested in me. And it's not about oh, me. That's terrible. Let's I, know, let's, I know. Back well, it's to me. I, back to me. When I go and see my father, and who lives in a, quite a small little town up north, he always gives me a rundown on the people that have on died. The people <laughs> that have died. She loves that. Oh dear, I know. It's it's quite sad, isn't it? But it, it sounds like a very fond relationship you have with her, and you know, in contrast to you, you do. You hear a lot of men writing about quite dysfunctional relationships with, with their mothers. Um, Which it went through that period. That's, right. I think, the wonderful arc of this story. This is the first one-man show, and goodness knows I've been writing this. You know, I walk off stage sometimes and I think, you just regurgitate your life for everyone. What do, what do you think that is so interesting? And then I get letters and I get phone calls and I get oh, young men who come to me and say, oh, my gosh, your story... And so it's a gift. You know, it's just something that I'm good at. Um, oh, yes. Taking yeah. things that have happened. I love the quote that comedy is tragedy two weeks later. You know? Tragedy so, plus time. So yes, I can take exactly. whatever tragic <laughs> has happened and turn it into something somewhat interesting and somewhat relatable. Yeah. But, well, uh, I remember your pink carpet show that me and Jen Caro, who used to work on the show, we saw it. it, it there were some points where people were just applauding. It was very moving, you know, as yeah. well as the very funny moments. And this one is the first one I've wrote 
because there were several before Pink Carpet. Mm -hmm. This is the first one that I wrote with a very clear vision. Okay. I have a director named David Galligan I've worked with for 20 years, and he's done every one-person show from Rita Moreno to Tyne Daly to... Oh, wow. He's the king of the one-person shows, and... I was his first. I asked him. Okay. He had directed many plays. Uh, he was a virgin until plays, But I said, would you direct a one-person show? Yeah, right. And so this was the first one in which we had a very clear idea, and we just laid the pictures out mm. of me and my mom from day one till so now. So you show those on a screen as we part do. of the show, right. It's how multimedia. Many, how many images? Well, there's 55 cues and oh, all wow, so okay. i'm sure there's not that many pictures there's sound cues yeah okay but it happens very fast you know it's not yeah. like i dwell on any one picture right. but it's kind of neat to see my mom and i my mother was beautiful yeah. When I was little, oh, I really thought she was a fairy princess. Oh. <laughs> I would hear stories about a fairy princess, and I thought, that's my mother. I thought she was a fairy princess because she was, she was what was known as a bashful blonde then. Oh. Then she went platinum. Oh, yeah. And okay. married a millionaire, and oh. we went through that period. Yeah. And, and, then, and then there's this final image of her today. She knows nothing about this show. <gasps> She called. She but could, she's, has she not seen it? She hasn't seen any of my stuff. Oh, she hasn't seen any. She saw oh. one thing I did years ago do when you, I talked dirty. Do you keep dirty. her away deliberately? Or? I do. <laughs> she said to me one time, she's, after she saw my first one, which was called Hysterical Blindness and Other Southern Tragedies That Have Plagued My Life Thus Far, she said to me, if I live to be 105, Leslie, I'll never understand this deep-seated need that you have to air our dirty laundry. Why can't you just whisper it to a therapist? And so, well, you can't. You can't get fame and fortune out of that, can you? And I, you know, she's such a private individual. Yeah. She said to me, yeah. "So you got a new show?" I said, "Yes, it's called <laughs> Fruit Fly." She said, "Well, that's a cute title. What's it about?" I said, "You." She right. said, oh, please, what could you possibly talk about me? She thinks <laughs> she's the most boring person, and I've gotten... Uh, all I have to do is go home for three days, and I get more material. Gold. <laughs> Fantastic. She called recently and told me that her... She moved in with my twin sisters, which is a wonderful thing. But she brought her cat, Misty, who's Misty. old. And then Aww. they have Oreo, their cat. <laughs> and she told me she wanted to tell me something and that I must promise I would never tell my twin sisters even after she was gone. Yeah. I thought, where is this headed? <gasps> right, yeah. She said, Oreo murdered <gasps> Misty. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I said mother murder's a strong word. <laughs> I don't think cats word. murder one another. <laughs> she said, and I said, and I read the euthanasia report. Now, mother, you know Misty was put to sleep because she had kidney failure. Well, wouldn't your kidneys fail if a big cat <laughs> jumped on you constantly? So, oh, but that's, that, is just, that is just a conversation, you know. Okay. But I can get a whole story out of the death of Misty. And oh, wow. Well, what a mother to have. <laughs> Goodness. I, I feel do, my heart does twang a little for Misty there. Poor Misty. Poor old Misty. Well, Having... thank you so much for coming to talk to us again. I hope lots of our listeners go and check out the show at Leicester Square Theatre. It's a lot of fun. It really Tuesday is. It's more than people Saturday. think. 
Yeah. Oh no. And it we've also like a lot got of the the wonderful. Oh, the uh, Supreme Fabulettes are in support. Yes, they're going to mm. open for me. They Fantastic. have a full thirty minutes. And they are an all male girl group. An all male girl group that sing in their own voice, and it's their voices that are getting the reviews. Okay. Fantastic. And they're plus on... their costumes. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Right. Do you know? Are any nights sold out? That. Not yet. Not yet. But, okay. but tickets will go quick. Go quickly. All right. Well, get down to Leicester Square Theatre. And thank you so much, Leslie, for joining us again on Out in South London. Thank you. Well, that was the wonderful Leslie Jordan there. And uh, Wendy Baverstock's in the studio with me. And you met Leslie with me on, on Sunday. We pre recorded that feature. And he, he's a, a character. Oh, he's isn't so he? funny. He's amazing. He is. It's quite hard to separate him from Beverly Leslie. I know. The little Will character that he plays in Will and Grace, which he actually won an Emmy for. Well, he so, did, yes. Um, um, it is quite hard to separate the two, which is very naughty. You must we, do that. Uh, we, uh, we only could get uh, a short interview because I mean he could have talked for hours um, but we, we've got only a short show of course um, but we should just finish that story about about Misty he actually got a dog for his mother and one of the ones he was going to get um, was apparently described as a, as a biter yes. with behavioural problems but he yes. said oh don't worry my mother's a biter and she's got behavioural problems <laughs> yes. too as so, if biting isn't it sort of sits outside a the spectrum of behavioural problems so it's yeah. very confusing but no he was a great character and I'm sure the show will be uh, a Huge camp, camparama. Camparama, <laughs> that's a good word. Well, we're going to um, play a track now from the wonderful David Bowie, whose album is out this week and getting rave reviews. We played this single before when on the day it came out, Where Are We Now? That is the wonderful single from David Bowie, Where Are We Now? You're listening to Out in South London on Resonance 104.4 FM. Now, David Bowie's album is out this week. Um, the Next Day is the title of the album. And, Wendy, you've been reading in the Evening Standard about the interesting marketing campaign for this. Yes, apparently um, you've got to take a picture of yourself with a white box in front of your face. A white square, isn't yeah. it? Because he's obviously recreated one of his old album covers with a white square in front of it and it's about yeah. new, the new sort of partially obliterating the past but not completely. Oh yes. I think that's that's the message behind it. Well that. and apparently there was a great long sort of campaign of painting these white squares everywhere and mm-hmm. and, and now we're all sort of prompted to think about him and now lots yeah. of people are dreaming about him. Oh dreaming about him. Yeah. Oh right. He's got, he's got into our Wow, he's really he got, got into, into our, our psyche. Psyche or our dreams, oh, which is wow. it's the ultimate well, marketing I mean, campaign. Well, it's been it? such a surprise that this album was coming out because there were rumours yeah. he was in very bad health and, mm. and then suddenly it, it had been a complete secret. So it's very exciting. Yes, um, um, I think that uh, whoever's in charge of the PR and marketing for that should be congratulated because it's been a very very clever campaign but all the music press is saying it's actually a really great album as well so it's not well exactly so the hype doesn't just hide a bad album but i think he's also used social media very very wisely as well Mm. they've they've been able to enable social media to work really well so it's it's all about sharing and people are sharing the holds of the news of the album and that's obviously much more powerful when you hear a recommendation from a friend mm. rather than somebody trying to sell you something from the record mm. company. So he's been able to really use his fan base to, to spread the word for word him and mouth. create this kind of, yeah, this, okay. uh, this noise around it. Well, what? how is the noise around um, one of the things that we, we're due to talk about this week is Sue Perkins' new sitcom, Heading Superkins. Out. Superkins, yes. Yeah, Superkins. Well, I mean, I think it's 
it's the, it's possibly the second um, lesbian themed sitcom. <laughs> uh, the first one actually on British television was, was Rona. Rona. Yes, um, which... her ex-girlfriend. <laughs> mm. And um, it actually, um, if you can cast your mind back to that, because it didn't do very well. No, so we it won't didn't. talk too much no. about it. Um, but it actually featured Mel Gedroich. So, oh, so okay. Sue Perkins' oh, a lot of sort of second then. half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, or other half. Well, not really. Well, not but... other half in a romantic sense, no. but in a professional sense. In yeah. a professional sense. And Vicky Pepperdine, who was oh, from uh, in Getting, Getting On. on um, and worked wonderfully for very... dark... Um, sitcom set on a uh, elderly ward in yes. the hospital yes so um yeah it's sort of strange links between her and, and also Perkins. strange link back because joanna scanlon who also from getting on is in heading out exactly so oh. uh, but those are the uh, where the, the links or the similarities <laughs> end okay um you know i mean i think it's a very brave show it's a, it's uh, even though ronan was you know the, the Rona was the first lesbian-themed sitcom. It wasn't explicitly about her sexuality, whereas this mm. is really I suppose explicitly you're talking about UK her. sitcoms, because of course, of course Ellen, you know. With well, her, of course, yeah. yeah. And when Ellen came out, you know, they well, let her it, have a, it, a few. I think they went let her have one other yeah, yes, season, and then yeah. it was cancelled. Mm. So this is very brave, and I think that it's. I, I quite like the fact that it's. You know, it's very. Well, this is the, you know her being her coming out. Her sexuality is quite central to the whole storyline, so I think that is really promising. Um, and I really like the tension. Will they? Won't they? Between uh, her and um, and Eve, Eve, who's played by the very sexy Shelley. Conn. Yes, <laughs> so that's quite exciting. And I'm I'm yeah. assuming that there will be a, a full sort of story arc going through the whole. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's there's occasional about. moments where they meet where we've discussed how it's perhaps not entirely believable. Um, well, no, <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, um, you, you know, you just don't bump into lesbians in the park. Or well, maybe you do. I don't Not know. Not looking like maybe that. Maybe people don't. should call Not. in and tell us whether they've <laughs> bumped into another lesbian in the park. Um, but um, I mean, it's quite silly in places. Although but I think she legendarily did meet her uh, long-term well, partner walking her dog in totally, the park. So I, yeah, yeah, totally disproved my yeah. my theory there. Um, but um, uh, it's quite silly in places. Mm. And I mean, I think the first episode is always a very difficult one You've to get to right set up the characters exactly and, and, and it's all. got to sort of settle in <laughs> yeah. and we've all got to kind of love get to know the characters and love yeah. them i mean i think julia um joanna sorry uh, scanlan's character the uh the the therapist very bizarre it's life very coach. bizarre but she's yes. really funny actually i think yeah. and she's obviously having enormous fun <laughs> yes. with her character and so i think she's a real highlight for, mm-hmm. for the whole thing and I, I think it's very genuinely very well written yes she I has liked, some very good gags there was a line uh, just a clever little throwaway line i liked in episode two that was on last week uh, where her two friends were sitting on the car and she said you're like a menopausal dukes of hazard yes <laughs> yeah, so there's lots of sort of real perkins-esque sort yes. of you know comments in there um and also some quite quirky stuff with uh you know the shot uh the outside shot of the vets yeah and a man comes out with one of those big Elizabethan collars that they put oh, on pets to stop collar. them from eating their stitches. <laughs> and that was just a sort of very... Well, that's a bit weird, yes. It's very weird, but, yeah. you know, just sort of a couple of seconds of this man walking. So it's sort of, there's a slightly surreal element to it, which is quite interesting. Yes, um, yeah. But, um, and obviously the kind of arc, again, that's running centrally through it is, will she come out to her parents? And that's right. Her friends are trying to force her to do that, that hence getting her a life coach. Well, there's um, two episodes that have already aired, but you'll be able to catch them on the iPlayer. And uh, episode three is tonight, later on on BBC Two. Mm-hmm. 
So heading out, I, th- I think we recommend that. It's a good bit of light fun, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's always good to see lesbians on TV. I know, there's you not enough many. of them. Lip service is not coming back, of course. <laughs> no, they've cancelled that. So, so we, Well, they, they they thought, there's you know, probably a lesbian equation, isn't there? You know, mm-hmm. we've got a Sue Perkins sitcom, so we can't have lip service as well. You know, you can only have sort of maybe one, one lesbian, yeah. lesbian programme yeah, at a time. Absolutely. So, you know, make most of it. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, enjoy it. So, uh, also, we'll talk about film briefly because the film festival is coming up um, and a couple of things that are coming out on DVD soon. Uh, Gaby, um, you've watched a preview copy of, and that sounds quite silly, but a bit of fun. Gaby, yes. Well, I thought this was going to be really terrible, <laughs> but it was actually hugely uh, better than I thought it was going to be. So it's um, so I'm, I'm glad to report it's it's actually quite a good film. Um, the uh, story is that um, uh, two it's centered around two characters, a gay man and um, his best friend. So it's a bit Will and Grace-ish. Okay, um, you know, man Link and a woman, straight woman, Lizzie. gay man. Yeah. Um, they get they're in their thirties. They sort of you know the biological clock is ticking. Uh, they both want to have a baby, but they neither of them are in a relationship. So they kind of you know put two and two together and make four, but rather <laughs> reluctantly. And they think, yeah. well, um, yeah, why don't we make a baby together? But because she's into yoga and alternative therapies, and she's very sort of natural, and that you know oh, that, yeah. that that's her sort of way of uh, uh, of looking at life. She wants to do babies the natural way. Oh, so they have so they, to. So uh, they have, have sex, sex and they have sex, sex again and they have oh. sex again. So actually, sort of, <laughs> it's quite interesting that they're having sex to procreate, but not enjoying it. So I mean, the Catholic <laughs> Church should you know theoretically approve it approve of all that well um but no it's actually much better than i i thought it was going okay, to be so i mean there's gets... not a huge amount of storyline but it's actually very funny okay that um, gets quite a fun right. thumbs up as well yeah. well just very quickly before we close the show we also wanted to mention uh the documentary Vito about Vito Russo the author of the celluloid closet and um the activist um who campaigned around um aids treatments he uh, there's a wonderful documentary about his Life just called Vito that is coming out on DVD at the end of the month and it's directed by Jeffrey Schwartz who actually has directed the opening film tomorrow night of the this year's London Lesbian and Gay Film Festival I Am Divine. Vito actually screened last year at the festival. I'm going to be talking to the director Jeffrey Schwartz um, in a couple of weeks time but just wanted to say that that is a brilliant documentary and we definitely recommend that but we will be featuring it more uh, in a couple of weeks. As I mentioned with my thanks go to Wendy Bavstock for joining me for that little cultural roundup, and we'll play out with just a tiny bit of this track by Christopher Owens that I wanted to play because he has cited David Barry as an influence not only on his music but also on um, statements he's made about sexual fluidity and this is his track Broken Heart thanks for listening next week we'll have Betty Bourne <laughs>